Hello and welcome. I'm Cassandra Ray, Spiritual Director of the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We're a learning center of practical spirituality. This means that we practice and teach spiritual tools for personal and global transformation. So wherever you are on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. We believe that you're surrounded and supported by an infinite loving presence of power and potential. That you are powerful beyond measure and together we awaken to our spiritual magnificence. Our podcast captures a live inspirational message from our gatherings on Sundays in South Surrey. Enjoy. brand new to Canada and one of the things that I uh, that I know that I need to do in terms of building you know my own life and community here is begin to uh, socialize uh, you know finding finding community for myself where we live you know in addition to where I work and so one of the things that I did was I searched up on Meetup. I searched up on Meetup and I found a book club. I love to read. Who else? Oh yeah. And the book of the month for November was The Gifts of Imperfection. <laughs> Like, this is my group of people. <laughs> yes. And so every morning when I eat a bowl of granola, my snackette, actually, um, we, I, I have my, my bowl of cereal and I have my book that I'm reading and I always read a little bit and I mark up my books like crazy. But with, I've learned to do it with pencil. <laughs> I do it with pencil now. And so every day I'm, I'm learning something new. And this book is just so full of such amazing wisdom. And I was reading, there's, there's 10 guideposts for wholehearted living in this book. And the very first one is about letting go of who you think you should be and to embrace your authentic self. And in that chapter, she used this phrase, the audacity of authenticity. And I thought, that's a top title. <laughs> I even wrote it in the margins with my pencil. Because it just, it moved me, it inspired me, and it wanted, I wanted to know more and I, I could feel the truth of my soul in that phrase. And so, I'd like to share a little story with you about what I think was probably my very first talk as a minister, like in a spiritual setting. Um, I, had, I was brand new to Science of Mind. I found Science of Mind in like 2008, in the fall of 2008. And in the beginning of 2009, the center that I was at in San Jose, California, 
they began advertising a woman's retreat. And as soon as they started talking about it, I thought, I don't know what that is, but I think I want to do that. But I was shy about it. I know I'm not really shy. <laughs> but I felt timid about it. I could feel a, a yearning inside of me, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't sign up right away. I just kind of sat on it. And then, you know, week after week, it became closer and closer. And, and it just, right before the retreat, I said, okay, I'm going to go. Okay, I want to go. So I go to this women's retreat. I had never, ever been to a retreat of any kind, much less a spiritual one. And I had just kind of rounded out like, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years of being a very vocal atheist. And so, you know, it was quite the journey that I went through to find CSL. Um, it was so, such the best, such a good fit. You know, they said, welcome home every Sunday. And the first time I heard that, I was like, yes, I'm home, I'm home. So I'm at this retreat. I hardly even knew anyone. There was like, I don't know, probably close to 50 women at this retreat. And they did this thing called, what was it called? Goddess Expression Theater, Divine Expression Theater. That's even better. I love that. Divine Expression Theater. And so you could sign up for like a three-minute slot if you wanted to do some type of performance. You know, there was a lot of like singers, dancers, poets in, in, in our group. And so when I heard that invitation, I thought, yeah, yeah, I know I'm going to sign up. I, I, I love theater. I did theater in high school and so I knew I was going to do something. So I put my name down on the sign-up sheet, and, and then I just went about retreating, as you do at retreats. And, and, and then it kept getting closer. Right? You kind of signed up at the beginning of the retreat, and then it was like two days in on Saturday night. It was like a big party. Uh, people were in costumes and dressed up. It was really cool, really fun, and like a super safe place. Like we had spent days building this safetyness for each other. So I, I, I the, the time is coming for me to go up there. And I have no idea what I'm gonna do. Like literally no idea. People are going up there with things, I can tell they have practiced all year. <laughs> Like, the other people in this community knew that this was coming, you know, and I, I had no idea, but I knew I wanted to express myself in some way. Literally, the event is starting, and I have no idea what I'm going to do. Like, I'm feeling anxious right now just thinking about it, <laughs> and how I felt at the time. I just knew that there was something for me to do and be in that moment, my three minutes. And I was getting closer and closer to, to, to taking the microphone. And I just let go. Just said, okay, 
okay, spirit, here I am. I know this is for me. I know that there's something for me to do and be here. Can you tell me what it is now, please? <laughs> they call my name. I go up there. I take the microphone, and I just started talking. And it was, it was my first glimpse of myself as a minister. I had no idea that I was going to be a minister, that I wanted to be a minister. No clue. But I got up there and I gave a three-minute talk. And I'll, I'll tell you that the content of my talk, not joking, was a story about my chihuahuas. <laughs> I can tell it to you someday. Not today. Oh. You gotta keep coming back if you want to hear more stories. <laughs> I remember that feeling of it feeling so right. It felt so right, like in my bones, right. And it was such a moving experience for myself. You know, probably at the time, if you had asked me, like, and I knew at the time how right it felt, but if you had asked me, like, what that was a glimpse of, I might have said, like, I don't know, stand-up comedy? Because <laughs> we laughed a lot about my dogs. But there was a certain, there was a feeling that went with it. A, a, something that stirred in my soul when I got up there and, and spoke. And I, for the next few years, I held on to that experience because there was something so real and so authentic for me, even if I didn't know that that was the universe letting me see who I was destined to become. You know, I was afraid. If I was afraid to go to that retreat. I was afraid to, no, actually I wasn't afraid to sign up to perform. Because I love it so much, right? I wasn't afraid to sign up. I was afraid after I signed up. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, it'll just come to me, right? I'll be in the flow. It was just going to come to me. Well, it didn't come in the timeline that I thought it should come in, right? I would have felt much better if I'd had a script, right? And I knew exactly what I was going to say, what I was going to do. You know, it was scary. But this sacred container at this women's retreat, I was held and supported and encouraged and inspired to be my authentic self, even if I failed, even if it was silly, even if I sang off pitch, whatever it was, 
we had an agreement with each other in this retreat at Divine Expression Theater. We had an agreement. And the agreement was, it takes courage for anyone to take the mic. So whatever they do, we are going to hoot and holler and cheer and whistle and scream for them. Because it's not about doing it perfectly. It's about doing it. It's about showing up and trying it out, even if you don't know what you're going to say or do yet. And that energetic experience of it is safe to be your authentic self, it stays with me. You know, it's what supports and enables me to, to be a minister and to show up for this work. And it's experiences like that that build our consciousness, that strengthen our courage muscles for us to consistently show up for our authentic self, for our authentic soul, and for what it is we truly are here to be and do and to share the gifts that we have to share. So when I first read this phrase, the audacity of authenticity, the first thing I was guided to do was to pull out my dictionary and look up the word audacity. What does that mean? So my app on my phone, <laughs> the dictionary said that audacity is boldness or daring especially with a confident or arrogant disregard for personal safety, conventional thought, or other restrictions. Woo! It goes on. Audacity is also insolence, shameless boldness, and it is particularly bold or daring acts or statements. That is like not a word to mess around with. <laughs> I mean, just the word in of itself is audacious. And when I read this, this description, this definition of audacity, I thought, oh my goodness, your authenticity might require your insolence. Whoa. So then I looked up insolence. <laughs> We're going to drill down on the dictionary for a few rounds here. Because I found out that insolence is boldly rude or disrespectful, contemptuously impertinent, or insulting. Man, we are digging in the dirt here. <laughs> And I thought, well, what does impertinent mean? And so I dug into impertinent, which is intrusive or presumptuous as persons or their actions, insolently rude or uncivil. Hmm. Uncivil. That word really struck a bell with me because I am, I don't know, I, I, 
don't know really how to explain it. I'd like to look at it as I'm like a shooting star from my family of origin, right? Like reaching for the sky. You know, that's how I would look at it. You know, my, my parents, though, they look at it much differently. <laughs> to them, it is literally uncivil for me to shoot off to the sky. So that word kind of struck me as like, you know, I think in order to honor my authenticity, sometimes I need to be uncivil. And the dictionary says that that means without good manners, rude or impolite. <laughs> I mean, I am not going to be rude on purpose. <laughs> but when I think about what all of these things have in common, all of these words like insolent, insolent, impertinent, uncivil, and how they relate to being audacious. The thing that ties them together is that sometimes that is what we label it when we disrupt the status quo. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I did look up status quo. <laughs> The existing state or condition, and comes from Latin, meaning the state in which. The state in which. You know, so the status quo is simply the state in which we are being. <laughs> and it made me realize that Life is unfolding. That spirit, God, the divine, whatever name you choose to think of that one source, that that is unfolding consistently, infinitely, all the time. That in and of itself is disrupting the status quo. Because if we are unfolding, if life is unfolding, God is unfolding, there is no status quo. There is just our authentic experience and presence. So we are naturally and organically Disrupting the status quo by our very nature. So, back to the gifts of imperfection. <laughs> Brene Brown says, and I quote, Authenticity is not something we have or don't have. It's a practice. A conscious choice of how we want to live. And I would also say that it's a conscious choice of how we respond to fear, how we respond to maybe not fitting in, or to judgment and criticism or disapproval. We have choices. 
And Brene Brown gives an amazing definition of authenticity. She really just like breaks it down. I highly recommend the book because I don't have time to go over all of it with you here. But I want to pull out the, the, the point that kept me digging and going for how do I live this. She said that choosing authenticity means, and I quote, nurturing the connection and sense of belonging that can only happen when we believe that we are enough. Hmm. Believe that we are enough. That's the word that kept me moving forward. And I wanted to know more. So I pulled out my science of mind concordance, which will tell me what words are in our science of mind textbook written by Dr. Ernest Holmes. And I started, I want to say, I wanted to find out, well, what does Dr. Holmes say about being enough? So I, I, I pulled out the book, I looked it up. You know how many references there are to the word enough in the whole entire, like, 10,000 page book? One. <laughs> One. What? I looked it up and it didn't even fit for today's talk. <laughs> That's not helpful. So I began reading the glossary. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> I couldn't find a quote on enough, so I, there's a glossary at the end of the text, and I just started reading the glossary. And I just started looking. Wow, I was like, love affair with a dictionary this week. I didn't even realize it until I started telling you about it. And in the glossary, I found this concept that Dr. Holmes wrote about, and he calls it the divine urge. And this is what that the divine urge is. The inner desire to express life. To disrupt the status quo. <laughs> the desire to do and accomplish more, to be more completely happy, prosperous, and well, is right. It's part of that eternally progressive spirit of unfoldment, and we should surrender the entire situation to the working of intelligence, with a capital I, with the conviction that intelligence will use us as a perfect channel. <clears throat> yeah. That's code for authenticity. <laughs> Because your authentic expression is divine intelligence unfolding in life as you, the perfect channel. You're the perfect channel. And even when I look back on times in my life when I struggled, or that, that period of time where I was, I was a pretty angry atheist. I was pretty bitter about the impact religion had had on my sense of self as a woman and in my family. But when I look back, 
When I look back on the ways in which I had been hurt or diminished or marginalized, even within my family of origin or within the greater community, I can embrace my authentic self as being the perfect channel for the expression of the divine. And I can even look at those experiences and embrace them as the perfect channel to birth a minister. That was how I ultimately lost and found my authentic self. And how I cultivated the courage to put that into practice. And honestly, thankfully, with so much gratitude in my heart, CSL, the Centers for Spiritual Living, is the community that helped me do that. And it is the community that continues to help me do that. You, here, together, all of us, we are creating this safe space for each one of us to risk judgment or criticism or silliness or what have you to be our authentic selves. That's what I want for each one of you and that's what I want for all of us together. A place to kind of test the waters. A place to speak for three minutes without knowing what you're going to say. <laughs> and the thing that, I mean, I really do keep Brene Brown in my pocket because she has so much practical wisdom to share. One of my all-time favorite, favorite mantras that she provided in those moments when you're wondering, do I risk authenticity or do I let the, the moment pass by? I offer you this affirmation, and it is don't shrink. Don't puff up. Stand your sacred ground and be seen. Don't shrink. Don't puff up. Stand your sacred ground and be seen. That's from Dr. Brene Brown. And so I remember that in our core beliefs, that we believe God is the life essence of all that is. And that the universal presence of God is present in all creation. So that this means that by, that your essence is spirit. That's who you are. That your authenticity is divine. And that you are enough by your very nature. And so it is. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're supported 100% by your generous contributions. If you found value in this episode, 
please give online at csl-whiterock.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter so that you'll be notified of future episodes as well as ways to connect, learn, and grow. Thank you and abundant blessings on your path.